Koppel, host of the Time for Coffee podcast, where you get firsthand career advice into the jobs and industries that interest you the most. And before we start today's show, I have a quick favor to ask you. If you haven't already, I'd be incredibly grateful if you give us a rating and a review on iTunes. And if you're like me, you need to do it now because you'll forget later and because it's the best way to help others who may be in search of career advice to find this free resource. So press pause if you haven't done it and do it right now. I'll wait. Thanks so much and enjoy today's show. Hey there, Java Junkies. Welcome to another K-Cup mini episode of Time for Coffee. By the way, K-Cups come in three sizes, single, double, and triple shots, or roughly one minute, five minutes, or ten minutes in length. So if you don't have time to throw back an entire caffeinated career conversation, these K-Cup mini-episodes of T4C can give you a quick caffeinated fix, whether you're on the go or you only have a few minutes to binge. So grab your mug and take a chug, because it's time for a caffeinated career triple-shot K-Cup with my guest, Dominique Henderson. So, Dom, I was thinking we could kick things off by helping our listeners wrap their brains around what all is included when we say you are in the financial services industry. What does the financial services industry include? Yeah, this is a really great question. I, for a while, I struggled with this because I think it was just what I was exposed to because the financial services industry as a marketing machine spends billions of dollars every year on indoctrinating people on what the message they want to see. And I'm not going to say that's all bad. I, I will say, though, it is skewed. So in a perfect world, I think we would be taught from a financial literacy standpoint as early as education about or, or elementary school is, is what's on this continuum. So this is something I borrowed from friends in the industry. But imagine the financial advice continuum going from stage zero all the way to stage 15, if you will. And so stage zero is financial illiteracy. Stage 15 is I got this together. I'm good to go. And so what I would say most of the American population probably sits and even the global population probably sits somewhere between stage zero and 12. But in contrast, to set this context, the industry, the machine markets probably to the 13, 14 and 15 because those people have money. And the reality is a lot of us have not really gotten to that stage. So ideally, what would happen is we would start that education process and all the different intersections in life, student loan debt, buying your first house, car, blah, 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 starting your family, all these things. You would come to a person along that continuum, maybe a coach or someone, a financial planner, and you would say to them, these are the things I want to do in life in these particular increments. And that person would help you organize a strategy or a plan to achieve those goals. That's essentially what financial services in my perfect world should be, because I think that's what a lot of people are looking for. They're looking for a guide, some counsel around the things that are near and dear to them that allow them to use their money to do those things. Right. And so sometimes you need some advice around that. Excellent. So if I'm a young listener right now and I'm thinking I might want to get into this industry, 
-hmm. What are the silos or the different types of companies and opportunities that await me from that marketing standpoint that the big financial services industry has been pushing? What are my options? Yeah, I think you're going to see a lot of what we call biz development or practice building sales roles, if you will, because that's no practice can operate without clients. So we can't, we have to acknowledge that. (laughs) So a lot of the focus is there. I think there's some, that's not to say that you can't do this young. It's just my experience that some of the things that you experience, let's call it when you're adulting, mid twenties and beyond really shape your persona as a salesperson. For instance, a lot of good salespeople tell stories about experience. How much experience do you have when you first come out of school, right? So you're really just trying to get your footing. So there's a lot of those roles. It's not to say they can't be done, but I I would highly suggest maybe interning your sophomore, junior, senior year with some of these companies to kind of understand how that role, if you fit into that role and how that role would benefit you. Then we have, just to make this really simple into two two pockets, then we have the, the, the client support. So there's all kinds of things that happen in client support from compliance, making sure you don't say the wrong thing while you're in front of people, because there's a big whole regulations around that. We have marketing, social media being digitally astute, if you will. We have the actual client relationship support. So this means Mr. and Mrs. Smith come in, you might not talk to them. The founder of the firm probably does. But after they leave, they have all these things to do. They have new accounts to open. They have money to deposit. The founder probably goes and talks to the next couple or the next family that he serves, not open up the accounts. So you have those type of roles. So there's a lot that you can do. And I, I, again, advocate doing your homework. Inside my community, I have 10 tips to jumpstart your financial services career. The first tip I give is to do your research, do your homework. So it's not going to be too much different than what Andrew is telling you, or maybe your parents are telling you in that if you want to get into this, what you're going to need to do is you're going to have to do your requisite amount of homework and due diligence to see where you might fit in best. So if we could pull back, that's great advice in terms of like the types of roles to be looking for. But could you paint an even broader picture, Dom, of all the different types of companies that exist? So you've Mm. got your, for example, you've got your investment banks, you've got your merchant banks, you've got your tax, I don't even know, but could you just give us those different buckets? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'll name some names and I won't step on toes while I'm doing it. (laughs) So we have... Let me think about how I want to go into this matrix of stuff. So let's not worry about terms as much. So let's just get some names that people are familiar with. So you you walk into Bank of America or Chase, you know, you might have an account there to your point, merchant banks. And behind the desk is probably a teller. A lot of stuff is done electronically, but at least when I was coming up, there was a teller. And then you might have like a a branch manager or relationship manager that tells you about, hey, you can have this type of account or you can have this type of CD. This is financial services too. Sometimes these people have to be licensed. Sometimes these people don't. I don't know if we want to go into a whole licensing thing, but the point is, is some jobs inside this industry will require you to pass different types of tests in order to demonstrate your acumen and actually to get your fingerprints into the system so they can track you throughout your whole life. (laughs) And what about other types like hedge funds? Because you've worked at a hedge fund. Yep. And what about real estate? finance and yep. some other, what, what else would you add? Yeah. So there? you got, you got mortgage brokerage stuff. You have private money management or family office management through hedge funds. There's just so many different ways 
that I think you can access the markets. I, like, I like to break it down to this. You and I and your audience, listening audience, we have knowledge and we have skills. We exchange that human capital for financial capital by going to a job to give us a paycheck. That paycheck, we have cash. We can spend it. We can do whatever. If we choose to invest some of it, we usually go do that in a market. And with that investment, we get an asset that we hope gives us a return. That's the only reason to invest. The people that we're naming in all these different spheres, they serve that market. That's the best way to kind of look at that. And there's all different ways to intersect on that market, whether it be a hedge fund, whether it be a a UBS or a Merrill Lynch working on Wall Street. There's so many different facets. It could be that just you want to get your paycheck from your job and go stack it in a deposit account at, uh, at Chase or Wells Fargo or something. So I think it goes back to that point that we made earlier, which is start doing your research. One of the things is you might have a college professor or you may have a mentor that you can meet on LinkedIn and start to ask them about, hey, I see you work in this part of financial services. Would you mind telling me a little bit about that? And that's the best way to kind of learn the industry, to see all the different ways that you can fit in, depending on what you like to do and what you're good at. Thanks for tuning in to this K-Cup mini episode of Time for Coffee. If you want to listen to our entire caffeinated career conversation, please check out the show notes for this episode. Thanks so much for listening to this latest episode of T4C. And if you're interested in learning more about my coaching services for confused college students and recent grads, feel free to check out the Time for Coffee website under the coaching tab at time, the number four, coffee.org or text me at 202-236-5712. That's 202-236-5712. Thank you.